0: This is Mark Anthony Williams once again with the podcast. So you want to be a safety professional. I've got a special guest today. I've got Phil Ingrison. He is the adjunct faculty at Georgia Tech, and he's also the VP, the vice president at ProSafe Solutions. Our topic we'll be discussing today, is called the domino effect, lining up management systems, human behavior, and safety culture. Philip, how are you doing
1: today? I'm wonderful and happy to talk to you.
0: Awesome, I'm glad you could join us. My first question for you, Philip, is how does human behavior interact with and impact safety systems in a workplace environment?
1: Well, that's a a, a long answer. Right? But, um, we'll, we'll probably start with um, they really interact each other. OK. And so on, on one hand, um, safety, the main thing is human error, That that people are not robots and Mm -hmm. they make mistakes and sometimes that's a little bit hard for management to understand right but everybody makes mistakes and so sometimes the the workplace systems that we have make a a worker more prone to make a mistake Mm -hmm. but then also the the human errors kind of bring to light the flaws in our management systems yeah right
0: (laughs) this is like we we can't uh, i think about the the safety cop versus safety coach approach, right? That in itself is a system of doing safety and people don't even realize that, but that impacts how people see and perceive safety and safety culture.
1: It, it does. And you know, there's there's a lot of history with that, that um, the, the safety cop and, and you know, for the record, I, I've played that role myself. So I admit mm-hmm. I've done it the wrong way, but um, you know, we kind of started the whole safety mission with identifying what's wrong and that there's, a, there's a system, right? There's a system where we started in safety to send people out there. Where's the OSHA violation or where's the thing that's wrong. And that system influenced people to correct the human doing the wrong thing without a lot of understanding of why they did the wrong thing and, and right. why our systems influence that. And so, I'm, um, yeah, that, that, uh, People still think that way today, right? People still think that's their job is to to find out what's wrong and correct it. Like they- It's almost like
0: a gotcha. And, you know, I, I think that shifting into a more positive landscape of you want to reinforce positive behaviors. You know, you want to celebrate the wins. You want to encourage people to do the right thing. You don't want them to just do what you say is the right thing because... You know, like you you don't know everything. You do need that input so you can calibrate and make things better over time.
1: Well, those are two things that are really important that you just said that, um, one, we do want to reinforce positive behavior and, and that's become a lot more popular over the past few decades. But a lot of times people think it's, okay, so correct them where they're wrong and then give them the attaboy or the pat on the back when they're doing something right. And although that's good, Mm-hmm. what's more important is the second thing you said we need information from the frontline worker about how our systems are actually working on the front line exactly and, and a lot yeah, of
0: it's not perfect it's a swiss cheese model there's always going to be gaps how am i supposed to get a feedback loop on fixing those gaps
1: that's right and you know that and so i think that's the hardest part of all of it because a lot of it's just the way humans work a lot of humans struggle with this superior, inferior type model where I'm higher on the org chart, I know more than you, my job is to tell you to correct you to guide you, when really, the the most important part for anybody on that, that higher level supervisor manager, Mm -hmm. whether safety or whatever, is what can I learn from the frontline worker, and some people struggle with
0: that, That, I, I don't know why. But it brings me to my next question here is what are some of the challenges in aligning management systems with human behavior and safety culture? And how do you propose we can overcome them? You've been doing safety for a long time, especially safety culture management.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, what I always say is the greatest challenge is dealing with the leadership component. Okay. Um, and, you know, I was working on a report this week and what, what is pretty common is for people to pick the easy stuff like access to PPE is flawed. Can we make it more readily accessible? And, mm-hmm. and those kind of technical, rational things, I think that companies are, are pretty good at addressing. But at the same time, okay, we don't have good leadership traits in a lot of our supervisors. And uh, uh, they, they kind of shy away from that. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's a lot to why. Why do people struggle with that? Sometimes they don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, you know, sometimes upper management might not have the greatest leadership traits either. Ooh. And so then when, when they're supposed to deal with middle management and their leadership traits, well, how are you going to improve that if you don't have it inside of you That's to begin true. with? Right? Exactly.
0: It's like the and, blind leading the blind
1: a little bit. There. Yeah, that, that's right. And and you know, a lot of times managers focus on what they think the job is to manage these cogs in the wheel. Well, they're supposed to lead and influence those cogs in the wheel, also. And so, management has to learn great leadership traits. They have to go out in the field, teach, coach redirect as necessary leadership traits of the supervisors and then the most important one and this is the one most people struggle with hold them accountable for it That's and true. by accountable i mean it really does affect pay raises and promotion and, and a lot we, of yeah we assume
0: accountability always means you know the carrot and the stick you know like you're going to get in trouble i don't think accountability always has to be something so negative
1: no no i mean if you you can flip it around it's a positive that yeah you want to move up in the organization this is the path right i mean you want to be considered for the promotion this is the path you want the raise this is the path Mm -hmm. and everybody likes money right i mean that's that's a positive but yeah that's the one that that people struggle with the most and so you know how to overcome it i mean i think that um you know step one is anybody in a leadership role especially upper management, especially the C suite, should have a system for regular learning, regular evaluation of leadership traits. It mm-hmm. needs to be formalized, needs to be on paper. And on, you know, are we measuring all that? Do we have a deep commitment to personal growth at the at the top of the organization? Right. And from there, tweak that model where it's clearly communicated. So uh, can I go to a construction site? Mm-hmm. And go up to a superintendent and say, how are you measured on your leadership effectiveness and how does it affect your pay raises and promotions? And can they give me a crystal clear answer?
0: Do they understand it themselves? Because yeah. if they don't understand it, they're not going to really value it. They're not going to practice it.
1: That, that's right. give yeah. it up
0: to the air like a lottery ticket. Like, well, if I get the bonus, I get the bonus. If I don't, I don't. But what's important is that I keep this job.
1: That's right. Oh, and I I, people I, like that. I, if you took something different, you know, and just I know it's a safety thing we're doing here, but if you asked a superintendent, mm-hmm. how are you measured on production? I guarantee you they could give you a crystal clear Yo, answer, yeah. right? But can they do that on the leadership traits? And, and, and really, even measuring on safety performance—that's one that that a lot of, you know, I mean, there's still a lot that respond with you know number of injuries or EMR or something like that, and mm-hmm. uh, which is not what we want to hear, but but, you know, that's even safety is a little fuzzy for how people even know how they're measured.
0: So if we were to say, you know, how can we you know, foster a positive safety culture? And we're talking about the role management plays, probably a biggest part of this whole system is clarifying and transparency, you know, and, and what really matters to the company, what are the company's values and what it really means in action, like defining the actions of those values.
1: Yeah, that that is some. You know what you said is so important that um, values is fuzzy too for a lot of people. I mean, you go to most company websites and you look at mm-hmm. the safety page, and it's something about you know we we don't want anybody to get hurt and or zero uh, injuries, zero injuries, all that kind of stuff. And it's okay, all that them. it sounds good, but what the heck does that mean, right? I mean, because we're still having injuries, so obviously we're not meeting our values, yeah. <laughs> right? but you know, i think i'm um, and you didn't say it not uh, this is what i love about you because i know your your brain and and you you think higher but um, i love how you use the word value because a lot of people use the word priority and mm-hmm. and you know priority is something that shifts all the time we didn't get concrete for a week and then it showed up and all our priorities change and now we're kind of focused more on production that stuff happens and it's normal and we should right. accept that it's normal But when when you use values that are crystal clear, like we have a value system that we will never remove the shoring until the concrete has reached sufficient strength. We we will we will never have an unprotected trench Mm -hmm. and we're very specific. Okay, so we've got some of these minor things and sometimes the safety ball is going to slip a little bit, but there are some things that are non-negotiables. Those are crystal clear values. And so, can I go to a frontline worker and say, "Hey, what are the non-negotiable values here?" Mm-hmm. If they respond with something like, "Well, you can't ever not have your safety glasses," it's like, "Ah." Yeah. And if they say something like, "Okay, we can never do energized work unless we have a signed-off permit by the client, and then we mm-hmm. have it reviewed by our manager that we have the right arc flashed up." Oh, well, there you go. There's okay. a crystal clear value. Very much so. And but I mean you know, that, that's. That's not the catchy one-liner on the hard hat sticker, no. right? And mm-hmm. and so you know, a lot of times people they want to have that catchy one-liner that sounds good on their web page or the hard hat sticker, but real values. I mean, it's like the Ten Commandments. I mean, you got to takes a couple pages to write them out, you know. So yeah.
0: And you think about how to enact them. You know, it it has to show in everything that the company does. I would think, right? Amen. But amen. And I get that things, you know, external factors come up, you know, and and it makes me even wonder, like how do external factors, you know, like regulations and industry standards, even the norms in the industry, how do they influence the shaping of safety culture in an organization? You know, let's talk about construction. What have you seen?
1: Yeah, So there's a both are true there that on, on one side, I believe that the construction industry shapes OSHA more than OSHA shapes the construction industry. And what I mean by that is we tried to do personal fall arrest and wood frame construction. Then OSHA Mm -hmm. changed the law. We, We were trying to deal with silica better. Then OSHA changed the law. We wanted certified operators for cranes. Then OSHA changed the law. So when it comes to OSHA, I think the industry influences OSHA more than OSHA influences us. That's fair. It, but, and and I say that in the context of the the high performers in safety, mm-hmm. um, in the low performers in safety, OSHA kind of <laughs> influences them that hey, you better do this or you're getting trouble. Right. But but the, there's a whole other side to that that um, you know, take something like NFPA National Fire Protection Association, they include human performance topics inside of their policy their their suggestions i'm going to say right i mean we could get into all is it law or not but their guidance for energized work includes higher level safety management concepts and so when people follow them it influences them in a better way on how they do the work Sure. sure and you could say the same thing with you know some ansi standards you could say the same thing with the ACDIH and what's a PEL versus a TLV and which mm-hmm. we should expose people to. And then um, I'd I, I kind of like the Construction Safety Research Alliance and their thoughts on moving away from recordable incident rates. Right. So Definitely a front case. Yeah. So there's, there's industry standards that I think influences a lot in a good way, but on the OSHA side, it leans a little bit more towards we're supposed to influence them. That's fair. Yeah, That's
0: fair. they're supposed to take on That's a system in itself, taking the feedback from the people it's supposed to protect and the people it affects, right? Yeah. Target audience and saying, okay, this is the direction we want to go in based on the feedback and have sort of a middle ground that's feasible for everybody.
1: Sure. And, you know, I, I have friends that work at OSHA, so that could sound a little bad. Again, it's, I think the high performers influence OSHA, but OSHA is a great thing for the low performers that would kill people if we didn't have the law. So, Sure. They, they kind of influence and get influenced, which is, you know, it's it's the system they are, right?
0: And I always believe that compliance, you know, is, is kind of the bare minimum. You know, like it's not the gold standard. Compliance is the bare minimum. It doesn't necessarily equate to results. It's the bare minimum for liability, for legal protection. It's okay. We have nothing else on knowing how to build this house. This to. is the bare minimum for how we're going to build this house. There's all need. Okay. Well,
1: Mark, house. you and I have talked before about <laughs> this, and you know, I know I'm a little different. I look at OSHA's below the minimum. There and, you go. And and, and I, I just say it because, you know, anytime you have a a government system, it, it's it's going to have some element of negotiated rulemaking. I True. want this, you want that. Let's meet in the middle, and and True. so I uh, uh, because of that negotiated rulemaking, you know, it's going to end up dipping at some point it's going to dip yeah there's some osha rules that we could follow and kill people and and again you know glad osha's there thankful for them but because of that i look at them as below the minimum and your safety program that you have in your company i'm going to call it the minimum right yes, but it sure. might be a little bit below that,
0: right? That's, that's fair. That, yeah. I would I would go with that. Like it's it's almost like you have compliance here, and then you have true safety management here. Yeah. And most people think that they're here to hear, and it's like no, 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 no. This is compliance. Yeah. This is safety management.
1: Because even that's my my program, I'm going to start with is not perfect. It's the minimum that we know right now, and we're at least going to do that. But even it it has its own flaws so i'm going to call the program you have yeah, is your minimum but yeah it's just a little notch below there that's fair so my last question here is how
0: can we measure the success of a safety culture within an organization and i saved this one this is the best for last i think you're the perfect person to answer this
1: uh, so i'm um, a lot of thoughts on that uh, one i'm um, uh, I don't want to sound like self-promotion, but we've been doing yeah. safety culture assessments for a long time. And it's uh, it's something that kind of gives twofold. One, you get a little bit of data on what are people's opinions of the safety process. And mm-hmm. and that, that that's something that you can measure. You know, are we getting better every few years? But then it also kind of gives some grassroots suggestions of here's common themes that we see. Like let's say um uh, we don't do a good needs assessment of the project before we show up, and then mm-hmm. next year we measure and we find out people aren't thinking that as much. And well, we must have gotten better with that, right? Right. So, so the, the safety culture assessments are one thing, but the, the other thing, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Sydney Decker and he's put out a paper that's on his website that anybody can go to sydneydecker.com and, and read this paper, but it's about replacing the recordable incident rate. Okay. And, and, um, you know, he kind of starts out the whole thing. This is new territory of, of really doing effective measurement of improvement in, in success in a safety culture is something that we don't have widespread. Everybody's doing it. So sure. we're we're still figuring it out. I'm gonna start with that, that. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But some ideas he has that make a lot of sense um are did we have specific learning events? Like did we th- th- on year one? Did we go out and four times we got a group of workers together just for learning where the system holes are? And then next year did we do that eight times? Okay, You can show you are performing better and, and take something simple like we've reported a hazard mm-hmm. and it took X amount of time to correct it. Let's say it took a week to fix it. Mm-hmm. But next year, we were able to track that we're 50% quicker. Like now it only takes us three and a half days to fix something. In the past we spoke time, about this, right? Yeah, yeah we did talk what about this. That is
0: too. part of showing that, hey, I'm taking the feedback you're giving me and I'm doing something about it. Here are the improvements and I'm quantifying the the improvements from that feedback so keep giving me the feedback because this is proof that i'm actually using it for the right reasons too
1: that's right and and they're all they're all proactive measurements showing that we're getting better we're improving we're getting better at safety not measuring how many flaws mistakes accidents we had all the bad stuff that might be Mm -hmm. a measure of luck it's all tracking that we're getting better it, and and that's what we want. I mean, that's the goal is sure. just get better. I mean, we're still going to have people get injured, but can we get better at at managing and, and acting? And those are the things. You know, how soon does it take the front the first new worker to go through the orientation process and get all the training they need? Are we getting better? Um, you know, when when you train someone, does it show up in the field? Are we getting better? And if you take this kind of proactive you know leading indicator buzzword type of things and you could compare them to um number of man hours worked Sure. and and so did we have this many learning sessions per man hours worked Mm -hmm. i I can get some really good data that's based on the population size and all of that but um you know those kind of things would be a great one to measure i like that that makes sense Well, Philip, I really appreciate you coming on today and explaining
0: all of this to us. I think it gave a really good insight into what safety culture really means and the domino effect that, you know, human behavior and even the management system can have um, on on the safety culture, right? It's it's kind of a domino effect. If you don't have a good system that takes the feedback and improves over time, allows for people to communicate upward, then it's not going to work.
1: That's right. Well, Mark, you know, when I met you, I could tell right away that you're a special person and uh, you're going to do great things in the safety profession. And and I really appreciate all the things that you're doing to help people.
0: I appreciate that. High five. Boom. (laughs) Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned and stay safe. We'll be back next time. Bye-bye.